Welcome to track number six of the Volante. Now, the next meaning of the word snare is to hold fast or prevent from moving. To hold you fast or prevent you from moving. Amen. So anytime you've fallen into a snare, it is because you have been... Anytime you fall into a snare, you have been prevented from moving. Think about a squirrel or a fox or an antelope that has fallen into a trap. Do you understand? It has been held fast and prevented from moving. That is why all who desire to be rich end up being held fast and prevented from moving. It's true. And that's, that's how come here. It's very difficult for anybody to move away from here. I, I said nobody had come from America, but Pastor Ben is, is somewhere on the field. And, and obviously, if he wanted to have a certain mind, he could not go from America to Kumasi. Yeah. So the point that I'm trying to make, the point that I'm trying to make, my dear friend, is that you cannot play with money. It's a very dangerous spiritual mistake to joke with money and the reality of what money is. It's not a small thing. It's not a small thing. It's not a, money is not a small thing. It's not neutral as we think. Be careful. Your pursuit of it will immobilize you so that you cannot move again. Yeah. When I started doing Healing Jesus Crusade, I tell you, if it was for money, I'm even surprised. I'm so surprised at the way God because it was, it's just a big project to do this crusade. It's just losing of money. Using of money. But somehow God has provided for it. Just using money. When you think, you can't even believe the amount of money you spent. It's true. I asked Richard Roberts. You know, I was with Richard Roberts in Korea. And he had had a crusade in Nigeria. I said, how, how much do you use for a crusade? He said, oh, between three to five hundred thousand dollars. That's how much he used for a crusade. Yeah. That's, that's how crusade. Monkey has on his website, you can see, nine hundred and something thousand dollars for one crusade. Yeah. So when I stand and I tell you that we use about hundred and something thousand dollars, it's even it's part of something. So many things are just unaccounted for. Not unaccounted for, but built in to make it cheaper. Because I know where we are also coming from. And I know how we get money. And I know how much money to expect or not to expect. It's true. It's too expensive. So, but if you think of money... As I was writing books for money, no, most people who are reading my books will not read my books. Because book work is, is a loss. I'm surprised. Well, it depends on where you are doing the books. If it's America, New York, number one Times bestseller. Number one New York Times, whatever bestseller. How do you, how do you call it? And how do you say it? Number one Times bestseller. Times one bestseller. Something. Something bestseller of Times stamp. Yeah. If it is that, then 
That one in America, yes. But if it is to the ends of the earth, to where there are people who need and want these materials, then it will not be, it's a loss. You should have been with me in Korea. You should see people taking photographs with me. Say, your books are very famous in Russia, in Ukraine. Collins, did you see it? What did you see? You are the Korean representative here. Come for the mic. <laughs> Too many pictures. I mean, I, you were taking pictures of people after people after people. So many. Some people were, I'm sure, were not able to even get a picture of you. Why were they taking the pictures? Did you know? No, I didn't know why they were taking the pictures. But I saw them taking pictures with you all the time, the afternoon. Books, books, books. We read your book. We read your books. We have all your books. We read your books. Different kind of Russian. I've never had any. What currency is in Russia? Rubles. Never seen one before even. <laughs> and Ukrainian money. No. All of them. Your books in Russia, they have explained it. Spanish, Portuguese. Amazing. You can't even believe it. All over. It's all a loss. I sent books to Nigeria once with a bus, with people, with soldiers in the bus. Soldiers to the eastern part of Nigeria. How much do you think it costs to hire soldiers with AK-47s in the bus? To take? How much do you think they get? Do you think they get even the fuel? They went to a church somewhere and they met an Anglican bishop. When they entered his office, my picture was on his wall. He said, I'm his spiritual father. Yeah, and on his book, you see, out of, on his desk, out of leadership, worn out. Yeah, he said, I, I found this, your bishop, I found him, he, 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 I read his book. My church from this number, 50 people or whatever, I have 5,000 people. Yeah, I tell you, won't believe it, all over. You, you, you just wouldn't know. <laughs> you may never know limited. And sons. And daughters too. And family. <laughs> Amen? As soon as I say it's for money, it's only America that I would like to sell my book. The title of the book, I will never make a book and call it Losing, Losing, Suffering, Sacrificing, and Dying. Not in America. Ah. It's not a book that will be sold. Yeah. 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 You get it? Isn't it not wonderful? So you'll be immobilized. But now, the books are in Cameroon. The books are here. The books are there. I write what I want to write. What I believe in. So many pastors. I went to Madagascar this year. A church, they filled the cinema hall about six times. Yeah. All the pastors have been reading my books. He was telling me of some problem he had. I said, there's a book called Aspirations. He said, oh, he has read it. And I said, no, there's a, something I was telling him about. Some, we're driving in the car, Pajero. He said, I've read it five times. <laughs> These are independent pastors. The honor that he gave me in Madagascar, when I, when I arrived in Madagascar, the whole street was full of thousands of people. 
Yeah. This year I've been welcomed at airports by crowds. Never met them before. They meet me with crowds with banners. Pastor, to listen, you, you, you saw... Yeah. Huh? You saw that? Yeah, Cape Town. Pastor Ross. Yeah. I mean, with a lot of people. Yeah. And books. Books. Not profit. Books. Amen. Not profit. Books. <laughs> to be confined. I'm not confined. My book is not confined in Africa and the poor place. Free. It's going like that. I would give everybody free. If. But when you give it free, they don't appreciate it. So the only reason why it is sold is because. So that they buy it and they feel like they have got something. Sometimes we give it free. There's not, there's no, it's not a business. As soon as it's, I want money, I'll be confined. Copyright, this, that, that, that. Finish. You can't write it. You can't change. And the publisher will tell you what to write. And they'll give you the title of the book. Wow. Yeah. I was told by a, by a publisher, we'll tell you, we'll show you. I said, I don't, I don't, this is what I want to write. I recently met an American who told me something about how they write books. I said, wow. This is, this, I will not tell you, no. Are you listening? Okay, friends. Are you ready now? Have you solved the problem? Did you find the problem? Okay. Which one are you playing now? Ends of the earth. Huh? Let's have ends of the earth. Lights need to go up first. Back to our... What is the problem we are solving here now? Number three. Riches have a way of leading you into foolish lusts. Foolish desires. Amen. They that will be rich fall into temptation, snares, and then the third one is... Foolish, many foolish and hateful lusts. Now, when you desire to be rich, you begin to have foolish lusts. What are foolish lusts? Desires which are silly and unnecessary. You understand? Things that really you wouldn't need. Like maybe... You're wearing, you're, uh, you're wearing a suit. It must have this name on it. You understand? For you to, to wear it, it must be this. This is something stupid. <laughs> it's like you wear it because it has this name on it. Isn't it? It must have a bag with Louis Vuitton or something written on it. Rich people have their own silly, foolish, and hateful lusts. Yeah. You see, and in, in Ghana, 
we'll go to Bend Down Boutique where we buy second-hand, second-hand clothes. Somebody has worn it before. What is it called? Rick Shop. Thrift. Is it an American thing? If sometimes you, you are supposed to have a house, supposed to live in a house, but you don't want to live in a house because it must have a particular, you must live in a particular area. This is what I've led people to get into all kinds of debts. Yeah. You want to join a group that you don't even belong to because of your accent. Your children must go to this particular school. Recently, somebody called my wife to borrow money, asked to borrow money to, 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 to send a child to a school that you pay thousands and thousands of. I was just watching her. She where she would give them money. You want to give money? You can give. But you see, all these things are difficult. It's foolish. And hurts you. A lot. My children, they went to school. My son went to a school. He was the founder of the school. People have always had theories about where my children are going to school. My children went to school in a place called Dansoman. Recently, I saw a, a sign in the school. They had made a sign. Anniversary. Ten years. And they, they were looking for my son because he was the founder. <laughs> they were looking for him. But he was the, when the school starts in the morning, he's the only child. And at the end, he's the only child. Founding child. Is it not fantastic? Yeah. I don't. I, I didn't see one. You are going to nursery school and you are the founder of the why? You have to be the only child. Everybody is going to look after you. Everybody's going to look after you. Mine. So, your child is going to uh, what? Something, something. American school. Something, something. This, this, this. International school fees is so many thousand. My child go to a school here, three hundred cities. Look how much we pay. Yeah. And. Up to now, they are still going to schools like that. Why? Well, I don't see a problem. So I'm blessed that today one of my children is even in medical school. I'm surprised. 
But you see, when you want something so badly, you realize you have put yourself in difficulty. Sometimes the, the, the money that you should have spent for university, you spent it on to join a group. Oh! You spent it to be in a class. If you have waited to use that money at the university, but you've used it to join a group. So they said that our child is in this. It makes a difference to the child. I can really see the difference. And they will, you will not give, you send your child for ballet, dancing, violin classes. It's, it's wonderful. Foolish and hateful lusts. One day, I saw a certain rich man. He took me to a restaurant. And he told me when I was a millionaire and still a millionaire, I used to smoke cigars. Forty times the content of one cigarette is in one cigar times forty. Yeah. He told me, I used to go with a jumbo jet, 747, just me and my girlfriend. <laughs> he and his girlfriend. <laughs> Do you know how many seats I had in seven for four hundred? And he used to take his girlfriend, he and his girlfriend. And he said they used to fly from Asia to Europe. Foolishness. So I asked him, How did you get saved? He said, I, I went to prison. And I said, why is it that when you were in prison, you came to God? He said, when you are in prison, there is no this. So you have only this. <laughs> is it not fantastic? There is no this. So you are left with only this. Yeah. Rich people, you'll be surprised at the things they do. One day, some rich people came from, I don't know whether Dubai, United Arab Emirates, Arabs. Their children will be wheeling into the ash trees. When they are renting, they don't rent a room. They rent the floor. <laughs> and when they are feeling happy, they go out and they throw money. 
So I met a brother who knew about their practices. So he told me, let's go. <laughs> I'll show you where to get money. <laughs> So he took me. He said, here, you always find money. And like joke, like joke, we found money. That day we found about $500. Yeah. And when they are coming for holiday, they check in, not suitcases. They check in the car. To check the time. <laughs> check in the car. <laughs> See how you check in the suitcase? They check in their cars. They bring the car. Yeah, on the plane. You check it in and they fly they fly with their car. Because the car is so wild. checking in cars. <laughs> Foolish and hurtful lies. I don't have those problems. I make my trousers at uh, Opera Square. Easy. I don't have, my trial doesn't have to be your. When I go to international scenes, I, I, I just wear what I make at my junction. <laughs> oh, man. I don't have the problems that people have. I don't have to wear $5,000 suits. your question. Do you know that there are supermarkets that sell perfume? It doesn't have any name of King Louis, Gucci, Pierre Cardin. But can I ask you a personal question? Can you really smell the difference between all those different perfumes? the difference it's amazing yeah that we have to 
spend the money on it. Amen. So, many of us who are desiring riches, we are going to end up having all kinds of fancy things. One day I decided to analyze a BMW. There are two or three reasons why a BMW is a car that I would avoid. Number one, if you genuinely sit in it, you see that it's very tight. Yeah. But the name BMW, we need it, isn't it? To know that you've prospered. And then number two, it will make you drive too fast. Yeah, yeah too fast. One guy, he said that, he told me I was in danger of dying. He said, till I change to a Mercedes-Benz. He said, the Mercedes-Benz can go as fast, but the BMW goes fast too quickly. That is he, because of the name. traveling somewhere. I was sitting at the back of the plane. And somebody came. So many people were greeting me. And somebody was saying, no, you don't have to sit here. You should be at there. I said, no. I was not made for that place. Or that place was made for me. How can it be? Who, who, who am I? I must be at the front. If I have to be at the front, I will be. It's not a problem. But there's nothing like this where you belong. This is how you must be. No. You see, but when you get to a place, you have a mind that oh, this is where I must be. I'm only for such things. I must only be at such a place. It's not, it's not true. It's not true. You have to grow up in your mind so that you will know what you must do. Yeah. Are you there? Some of us, God bless us, we became doctors. Suddenly you had new desires. It was never part of you. Even when you were coming, did you know this place is a good area? This place is a good area. Compared to where you were coming from, this so-called low-cost area is not bad at all. It's nice. Oh, But now you have a new desire. You must live on Martin Luther Boulevard. A very nice place. You say, oh, this is a village. It's not a, it's not a good place. This is a village. Where do you learn these new desires from? Where are you from? Where is your original house? 
You see, you don't come for homecoming. That is why you, you've developed these attitudes. If you go for homecoming, you go home to where you came from. You just, just cool down. Yeah, there's no road at where your house is. Is there a road to your house? Where I say there's no road. When you are coming, always check the car that it has the, this thing to hold at the top. Whereas your head will hit the glass. I remember when I visited Dr. Nosh first when I came to America. To me, where he was was very beautiful. But after some time, he moved from there. And he informed me that that place was not a good place. I said, wow. <laughs> but it was a great place to me. But it was like a lower, I didn't know, I was informed. It's a lower area. You didn't do, you, or you were not even there. No, no, you are not there. You are not yet come. The first time I came, you were not there. Oh, really? Was she there? No. No, you were not there. You came after. No, you were not there. No, she was alone. I think. And he put me underground. In a room without a window. No light, no window, nothing. One day, I'll tell you a story. One day... An angel was going on a visitation with his junior angel. And they came to a rich man's house. And the rich man, they did not respect God and did not respect the angels and all that. So they put them underground in a room without a window. I always remember Dr. Nosh because of that that story. Because he put me in, in in such a room. So the angel and his whatever, they were there. Then, when they woke up in the morning, the angel and his assistant, he told, the angel told his assistant, let us repair this part of the wall. Because there were some cracks there. So he took, they took mortar and they plastered the inside and repaired the rich man's house under the underground for them. So they went out. The assistant angel was also just following, learning. And they went to a poor man's house. When they got to the poor, they received them. Oh, we are so grateful. We are so happy to have you with us. We are so blessed. So, as they were in the house, the next day, when they got up, the uh, poor man started crying. Why? So, their cow had died. They had one cow and it had died. So, the angels came upstairs and they said bye-bye to them and then they left. So, when they were going, the younger angel said, ah, Why? Why did you do this? We go to a rich person, you rather repair 
He says, this man who doesn't respect God, doesn't respect us. And the poor man, rather, you allowed that cow to die and went away. And then the angel, senior angel, told the junior angel, you may never know limited. You may never know limited. He said, he said that the rich man, when we were underground there, I saw that there was a gold mine under the house. It was growing, gold was coming there. And I realized this man is very ungrateful. The blessing that he has had, he, does not, he has not shown any gratitude. So I decided to plaster it to cover it up. And you never see the gold yeah, that is under the house. And he said that when we went to the poor man's house, he said in the night, his wife was going to die and an angel of death came for the wife. And I rather gave the angel the cow. And he should take the cow rather. Yeah. Explain it to the junior angel. The junior angel was surprised. And the junior angel said, in fact, it's true. You may never know limited. And sons. And family. <laughs> Sing us a song, baby. What song do you have? This message continues on the next track. Keep listening. Well, it's a short song, isn't it? Amen. These are a few clips of our crusades in Nigeria. Amen. The next one is riches cause men, many Christians and ministers to drown in destruction. Destruction. Amen. Everybody say destruction. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hateful lusts. We drown men in destruction and perdition. The next one riches cause many Christians and ministers to drown in perdition. Amen. Perdition means damnation. Hell. So people go to hell because of money. They have a way of destroying you. Now if you look at Michael Jackson, look at how even when you watch the video of his life, you see how he changed from one person, nice young guy, when he sings, um, he sings a song, you see his face uh, how does it go? What song is that? Not ABC, another one. Not Billy G, no. No, very early song, when he was very young. His first one. Of the war, how does it, how does it, uh, how does it, how does it, yeah. Do, 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 do. Don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop till you get enough. That one. If you see his face at that one, and you see how they change his face. And I once watched the BBC or Sky News, they just showed his face changing like that. And you see. And he was 25 years old or so when he made Thriller which was the number one whatever of the whole world. 
Uh, all time. Still number one. Amazing. And what did he do to him? Destroyed him. And he may be in hell. He may be in hell. He, not, only, not only would it have destroyed his life. He couldn't sleep. You should meet people who can't sleep. It's not a small problem. And you will not be surprised when a person tries to take medicine to sleep, when a person cannot sleep. If you don't have a problem, don't criticize somebody. You don't know what the person is experiencing. Yeah. To take anesthetics to make you sleep, it means your problem is very serious. Anesthesia. Hey! Do you know what is anesthesia? That is, they put you to sleep to operate on you. It's what you have to take to sleep. Oh, what type of problem is this? What, what did the riches do for him? And most of us desire to be Michael Jackson. Yeah, we desire to be Michael Jackson, to be famous, to be rich, to be this, to be that. So, wow, what would it be like to be Michael Jackson? But in my case, it wouldn't be the way his ten Lord. Mine would be different. Mercy. But what do riches do? They drown. So they have a drowning effect. That's why it's the enemy of the mission. It's not that I don't like money. But I'm showing you what it does. I want you to have a God. I sometimes find it funny when people say, Oh, Jesus talked more about money than anything else. Jesus, whatever, prosperity, this, this, that. We have so many. We believe in prosperity. But I tell you, we've not understood the kind of thing that we are looking for. We've not understood what it is, what it is like. It will change you so much. And before you realize, you are in hell. It drowns men in destruction on this earth. And not only on this earth, perdition. That is why... The only person that we read of who is in hell is a rich man. Yeah. There's only one person that we know of for sure who is in hell. We are not sure of everybody else's destination. But there's one person, Jesus told us, there was a certain rich man clothed in purple and fine linen, which fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate of the rich man's table, desiring to be fed from the country, fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the rich man died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. He seared Abraham afar. The last, actually, the rich man, poor man, died first. Isn't that amazing? The only person we are sure <laughs> is in hell is the rich man. Jesus told us he was there. <laughs> wow. Not just a man, a rich man. And I'm sure there are many rich men in hell. Steve Jobs may be in hell. It's, 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 it's amazing. Michael Jackson, Diana, uh, Diana, Princess Diana may be in hell. You don't know. Nobody knows. Bob Marley. All these. Uh, was the, 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 huh? Elizabeth Taylor. All these, uh, what was the singer? Elvis Presley. All these people. You, know, you don't know. It may be. Nobody knows. But at least there's only one person we are sure of. is the rich man. And, and the Bible says, 
Riches drown men in perdition. The word perdition is different from the word destruction. You see, I want you to see, each of these is a profound word. They that will be rich fall into temptation is one thing. Number two, snares, traps, sudden unexpected difficulties, things that come unawares. Fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts. It's a third category of things. Then the fourth one is that it drowns them in destruction. Their life on earth is destroyed. And the fifth one, in perdition. <laughs> this is the effect of money on the mission. Now you see somebody has been called a mission, and this is where he turns off altogether. All is it not fantastic? Huh? So, number seven. How many did I give you? No, five is the drowned men in, uh, in destruction. Six. That is it. One is temptations. Two is snare. Three is foolish and hateful last. Four is distraction. Uh, five, okay, perdition. Six. Six. All right. Riches tend to make people forget. Riches have a way of making people forget. You see, just forget. So when people become rich, they tend to forget so many things. When churches become prosperous, they tend to forget about the lost. They tend to forget about the original calling. They tend to forget about everything that they started with the original vision and dream they had. Yeah. And so that is why in the Bible, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says, When thy heads multiply, not before, when thy heads multiply, and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God. Don't let your heart forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. That is when. Riches make people forget. Not before. It's when you are rich. When you are successful. When you come to America, you forget how you used to be. And that's why some of us, God brought us here, gave us what we wanted, and He's added a third party. The Bible says a messenger of Satan was given to buffet me. The messenger of Satan was actually given to you. Yeah. To buffet you. Give you blows. It's not somebody you can bind. But he has been sent by God himself. <laughs> Mercy. So, don't forget. Sometimes we we'll Maybe you've got a thousand dollars you can give. I have to come and beg you. One thousand. I beg you. One thousand. I beg you. One thousand. You've forgotten the time you never had one thousand dollars in your life. It's, it's so far-fetched to you. Because you've been using dollars for years. So I have to beg thousand. I beg you. Uh, you see, here we work. You know, we are doing something over here. We, we cannot. Your pastor is kneeling down, begging me. It's 1,000. 
Some of us, we forget our parents. Parents have to write to you and beg you for something. You should never let your father kneel and beg you for toilet paper or soap or money for something they need. What a good thing. One day you will find yourself begging too. Surprised. Never thought you would also be begging somebody. Amen. Amen. So my friend, listen carefully. Don't forget. If I ask you for one thousand dollars, don't say to yourself, "Oh," because if you really want to give a thousand dollars, everybody here can give one thousand dollars. I believe it. If we wanted to give, but people say, people will say, "Ah." But when you need to travel, you see everybody can buy a ticket of thousand. <laughs> Let your so and so die. Uh-huh, you see, they find money. And then you go and perform there. True or not true? True, true, true. Is it not amazing? Is it not amazing? Yeah. But you see, as pastors who often ask people to give, we see all these things all the time. We see. But people forget. When you forget, I wrote a whole book of remembrance. And it's changed now called Those Who Forget. It's a new book. Amen. Are you listening? So riches, this is the way, the how. You see, I'm talking about how riches affect the mission. It makes, just become rich or you forget. So I, I want to pray for more success here. But as I pray for the success and as God blesses you with the success in whatever you are doing, don't forget God. Pray to God always. Amen. Amen. My father-in-law just died. We had a camp here. He was sitting right at the back here. For years, I've known him. He's a rich, he died a rich man. A a A few weeks before he died, he called he said I should come, my wife. And I didn't really understand why he called me. But he, he spoke to us. I knew that he would, he would die at a point. But he told me, and as he spoke, he, he was explaining, he said, This is how I became a millionaire. A few weeks before he died, he told me, This is, he, he showed me, he said, This is what I did, and this is how I became a millionaire. Yeah, he told me, This is how I became a millionaire. And through difficult trials and problems, I've never seen a millionaire who, and I'm talking a real millionaire, how he respected me, a pastor of no consequence, somebody who is his so much his son, he will always have some respect. He said, You, it's because of your prayers. That's why we are here. That's how you saw him. Because of your pre- respect. You know, it's just like in the riches and the wealth. So much respect for, for me. He died, he was 90. 90 years old. You see, some of you are so young, you, you don't have that respect. You are nothing. You don't have, you are not a millionaire. Uh, he stood there and he told me. He, he was also explaining. He said, this is how I became him. He told me what the work he did. 
He did this, I did this, I did this. Look, I, this is how I became a millionaire. And he took so much money. And he wanted to do something with the money. He was asking me what he thought, etc. A rich man is remembering God, priests. When we went to his birthday party, priests, he would sit there, and priests would sit there. And I came with young man, and we just said, No, Dark should come. Dark should come and sit here by me with the priests. Call Dag to come here. And he doesn't call me Dago. My bishop, my lord. That's how he calls me. My lord. He calls me my lord. Oh, daddy. What, is, what are these? What are these titles? My lord. This is how he calls My lord. It's because of you that we are here. Hey. By the average rich man. And look down at you. The potential rich. Oh, my sister. My sister. Stand up, stand up, stand up. You get your, your picture after church. Huh? Okay, you are blessed. Potential rich. Not a millionaire. Potential rich. Hey. Is it not amazing? Go, go to your churches. Teach the people. The fact that you are in America doesn't mean you should forget God. We're rather going to remember God even more. We're going to remember God even more now. We're going to pray even more. We're going to do the work even more. We're going to serve the Lord even more. That's what we're going to do. Amen. Because riches have a way of making us forget. In a sense, our church is rich. Oh, we didn't be able to do a lot of things that we do. But rather, that's what I want us to remember more the poorer people. The poorest. I don't want to be first. Oh, I'm always in America. No, no. That's why you hardly see me here. You hardly see me here. Not that it's not a good place. But you see, I came here because I want more to start more churches. I feel the need to start more churches. That's why I'm, I'm talking to you. I have only one aim. This camp is more churches. Do you think it's going to happen? How many feel we are going to have more lay missionaries? I feel it too. And we are going to overcome. I'm going to give you the key. Wow. Amen. I think that's the last point. How many points do you have? Six. Okay. Now, in conclusion... You know what? Let's play another song. You are the only Jesus. Brother of musical repute at the back there. Kindly supply our needs. Ah, I said I was going to tell you about the tests. Oh, yeah. I said I was going to tell you about the tests. Mercy. Today we are whipping money. Proper one. How many realize that we are putting money at the right position? It's my brother who controls the sound, the music, everything. You are the only Jesus. This, I think, large part of this clip is a song, just a short song, but it's a beautiful song.
we had a crusade in Ijero, no Ijero, Ikera, our very first crusade, I think, in Nigeria. Nigeria was a very wonderful experience. The adrenaline, the fear, the tension, there's nothing like it. We went, we came out. This year we had to leave suddenly. We were in the last crusade, we were going to another crusade, we had already prepared. But there was a strong security threat from the suicide bombers that had bombed the police headquarters. The Al-Qaeda version of Nigeria. Boko Haram. And you, you must have seen a lot of policemen in this. All those were deployed. We didn't even know why there were so many policemen. But we were not doing that. We were under threat. So they were searching everybody's back for bombs during the crusade. And in fact, when we left the Sunday, they bombed a church. And killed people in the church. Put a suicide bomb into the church and killed people. So, so we had to leave because there was too much danger for the staff and all of us there. That is why we left Nigeria. Actually, we had more crusades. So now we are heading towards some of these other places. But we'll go back to Nigeria by the grace of God. Amen. Is there a difficulty? No problem? Can you turn off the lights? You are the only Jesus some will ever see. Somebody turn off this light. Glory to God. Right. So, please take your notes. What does it mean to be on a mission? Number one. To be on an assignment. Is that not so? So that means to have a task or a job. Means to be part of a delegation. To be part, to be part. To be part of a delegation. To be part of a delegation. Amen. Believe God to join a better group than the group you are in now. Hallelujah. And also, if you are here, well, there are some camps we've attended and we've had non-Lighthouse members officially in the camp. I don't know if there are any here. But if you are here, it means you are in Lighthouse. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will tell you that one of the things you must fight is the tendency to break away from this delegation and this family. And the church we are in. Amen. There's a strong spirit hovering around. And it's a spirit. It, it's, a, it's a nomadic spirit. Nomadic. Nomadic. Makes you roam. You move from place to place. And I'm increasingly seeing that spirit. Entering the church. Amen. At least in the small world I'm in. You know, people move around. And all these are evil spirits. That make people move around. They go and find that there's nothing outside. And they come back. But when they come back, 
They are different. Amen. You are never the same. I don't know why I've just shifted from this. From, but I'm just saying to somebody here that where you are sitting, the chair you are sitting on, is a very beautiful chair. It's a very important chair. It's a, it's a very great place you are in. Amen. And whatever it will take you to secure that place, whether with pain or tears or crying or hunger or offenses, be there. Amen. I, I'm seeing that trend too often these days. They go and they return. But when they return, they are not the same. They are not the same. And it's the devil. Amen. Don't, 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 don't break away from the delegation you are in. And don't follow any madman. Whether he, he bears the title of a reverend or a pastor or prophet or whatever. Don't follow madness. You are supposed to have a mind. And a Bible. Ask your friend, do you have a Bible? Do you have your own Bible? Amen. Don't join yourself to anything that is presented to you as a church activity. Just because a Bible has been opened doesn't mean that it's a church activity. Eh? The last Malam uh, Juju man I heard about, he had the Bible there. So, opening a Bible does not mean that a person has been sent by God. Have a mind. Amen. Amen. Like Bishop was saying, if you are in my church and I am living, stay in the church. Allow me to just destroy myself. Amen. You didn't come here yourself. You didn't, you didn't join this church on your own. God brought you here. I said, God brought you here. Pastor, it's not true. It's my schoolmates who moved to the U.S. and found me on the, on the bus and said, I should come to church. Yes, it's true. Your friend brought you to church, but it is God who brought you. Turn to Psalm 80. Psalm, Psalm 68. Do you see? We belong to a delegation. Eh? We belong to a delegation. And fight every tendency to break away from the delegation. Verse 6 of Psalm 86. It says, God setteth the solitary in families. Amen. It is God who puts us in relationships. Obviously, the devil also puts us in wrong relationships. But God is the one who sets the solitary. You were alone in the Bronx. You were alone in the... Where, where were you? Uh, Laurel, you were alone in uh, Philly. And you met your former boyfriend. And he said, oh, he has changed. And he said, oh, then if you are changed, then, then I can follow you to the place you are, you, where you are. God brought me here. Amen. I remember the first day I entered Lighthouse at the, at the canteen, I think. I entered it with BDR. Yeah. Was it your first time then also? 
You have been, you, you, you were a Christian then. I have been former Christian. Yeah. So in a certain sense, she brought me into Lighthouse. But she didn't bring me. It's God who brought me. So when there is there's a case of high fever, you must know where to turn to. It's God who brought you. Don't follow. This guy brought me, or this pastor did uh, soul winning. We, uh, there was a crusade, or the, there was an outreach in the mall, and this pastor is my daddy, and that's why all those nonsense must 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 give way to the word of God. Stay in the family God has given you. I'm telling you, there's madness in the system. Don't join yourself to any madness. No matter what type of title the person has, remember that it is God who set you in the family. God brought you here. Your sister brought you, your cousin said you must come, your whatever, but it is God eventually, because he will use a man. God has always used men. So even as we are talking about being a lay missionary, this point about being part of a delegation Gives me no room. But to talk about this very important thing that you, 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 you see, many of us is the devil who makes us lose, lose even the respect we, we must have for the church we are in. Yeah. And after he has finished with you, you realize that, ah, what a fool. What a fool. I mean, during this short five minutes break, I've been having just casual discussions and just about three or four of the casual chats I've had about people who have done things and they have regretted the things they have done. So, read your Bible every day. I tell you. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. And we are your pastors who preach you because we... God has called us to preach to you on Sunday, weekday service, conventions, we'll do all the things we have to do. But remember that beyond the pastor is a God who put you in the church. And if you are clapping, you must clap well also. I think, I don't know why the clap is a bit. I'll preach on Sunday, do weekday service, conventions, everything. I mean, I would love you, but remember that beyond all that, you can even call me daddy, but beyond everything, remember that God has brought you into the church. And don't follow things you don't even understand. You are following. Because the people themselves who are moving away, they themselves, out of the madness of their heart, at a point, they will realize it. I'm telling you, you watch it. Like the prodigal son. He saw it himself. And when they see it and they, are, they, they turn around, then you don't even know what to do to yourself. And that begins your distraction spiritually. Because you are there, you can't move there, you, don't, you know where you are, it's no good, you can't move anywhere, and there's nothing like a family God has put you in. If God puts you in it, it means it is your home. Ah, haven't we all had issues in the church we are in? We've been faced, we've had problems. I mean, is anybody who has not been faced before, or then you just joined the church? Ah, we've had issues, but we are here, and we are being blessed. Hmm? How can it grow up? I don't know.
don't know why I'm saying these things. But I'm, 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 I'm addressing stupidity in somebody. If you think, I don't know what I'm doing, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And better sit up and listen to what I'm saying before I come to you where you are. Because I can find you right now. You'll be, be surprised. As I'm moving, I can just come to you and address you directly. It will shock you. It will shock you. Because we are not moving around with two eyes. No, we've got different types of eyes. Senses and even... even let's go on. So, to be part of a delegation, amen. Glory to God. Then to be under a charge, to carry out an undertaking. And I was talking about to have an objective, I've moved down. Amen. It also means to have an aim. To be on a mission means to have an aim. Amen. For once, have an aim. Amen. When you move out, when you are moved to a place, it, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is more or less a directed life God gives you. Amen. Amen. And, some, you see, and it is not every aim that must come from you. It's not every aim of your life that must come from you. You didn't hear me? Most of the aims, and the next one is goals. Is it not so? In your notes? I have it in my notes. Mm, you have a goal? Yeah, most of the aims and goals that come from us don't end us up well anyway. The aims and the goals that will guide your life and bless you properly are the aims and goals that come from somebody else. That come from your pastor. That come from the church. I believe that if Reverend Joel calls you and tells you that I want to turn you into a missile and shoot you towards Phoenix, I believe that you are being given a goal which is superior to your mundane, banal type of goals and... Uh, uh, um, aims. Amen. Many of you know what I'm talking about. You know, you know practically that when you were in charge of your life, there was chaos. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And it, it's, a, it's a sign of your immaturity. You know, the more immature you are, the more you are likely to just destroy yourself. With goals and aims which are just, which are just nonsensical. Amen. Yeah. Like, all the things Bishop, Bishop is saying, I'm wanting to wear a shoe with this label, a shirt, a car. I mean, I didn't even know that this difference between BMW and this. But we all have these fantasies, you know. Car, dear, Noani. You know. But sometimes someone can actually hold your hand. Turn to uh, John 21. And let's see what's in verse 18. 
Aha. Why, since when did you have NIV here? Okay, you go back to NIV. Go back to NIV. The reason why we are reading this verse, please listen carefully. The reason we are reading this verse is to make the point that there is a time in your life you must allow someone to give you an aim for your life. That's the whole point. You must allow someone to give you a goal for your life. Do that and you, you, you will see that your life will be more peaceful than the problems you are, you are piling on yourself out of your own appetites. You know, desires are very strong. God uses desires to bless us. God uses desires to promote us. And the devil also uses desires to destroy us. The prodigal son was destroyed because of desires. And Paul says to Timothy, if you desire to be a bishop, you are desiring a good thing. So in both ways, desires are working. But which one? Which one is the source? I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old or mature or, or of a certain type of thinking in life, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. So there is a place on earth called the place you do not want to go. It's not everywhere on earth that it's called New York or Miami or Begro or uh, Tanochrome or Sekendi or uh, Gambia. It's not everywhere on earth that it's called uh, uh, Johannesburg. There's a place called the place you don't want to go. And sometimes the place you don't want to go is the place where your blessings can be found. And you need someone to hold your hand and lead you to that place where you don't want to go. And when you have that wisdom, I tell you, you will be different. You will be among friends, but you will stand out and be different. You'll be with people, family members, whatever, old, old, old boys, old girls, classmates, but you'll be different. There's a place in life where somebody, and you see, it says that you will have to stretch out your hands. Yeah. That is why it's not everybody, Reverend John, was sent to a place. In the spirit, many people even here now, in the spirit, many of you have stretched out your hands. Send me, I want to go. I want to go. But in the spirit of the summer, I've also... As if you are Mr. Africa. Listen, don't let your aims and goals... And, 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 and let me tell you, it is, it's, it's an interesting verse because you see, it says, when you are old, because we expect that when you are old, you rather not need anyone. I mean, is, is it children who don't know where to go? Come on, let's go. No, but it's rather. Spiritually, it is when you are old that you must stretch out your hand. So I'm saying, this verse is saying that, show me your maturity. By how ready you are to be guided by someone. <laughs> Prove to me you are mature. <laughs> Prove to me. You say you have been to there, you were that SU, you have been around born again for 10 years, 20 years, 15 years. 
prove it by how, how, how readily you can stretch out your hand. And prove to me how much of an immature, immature child you are. I can tell you how childish you are by how unwilling you are to be led by your pastor. To be told to join a choir, to be told to go there, to be told to do that. It, it rather means you are immature. It is children who dress, who go where they want to go, wear what they want to wear, do what they want to do. And I'm believing God that this new generation of the church we are in will be full of people who stretch out their hand and say, lead me, lead me, lead me. I know you don't hate me. I know you didn't come to destroy me. Lead me. I know that if you are the one sending me, you will help me. Lead me and I will go. Lead me. And most of the time, I mean, when I think about my life and how blessed I am and how God has been so good to me. I mean, when we were here, when we were singing, I just knelt down to thank God. I just thanked God. Because I remember how I walked in here about seven or eight years ago. I was was doing my fellowship in UPenn. I was in my fellowship. I remember one of the camps. We, I walked in here and sat down. I think I came with Pastor David. And interestingly, many years afterwards, I've come back to the same place. But now I'm a very different type of person. Not looking, not, not doing my own thing. Not deciding what I want to do. Now somebody is holding my hand and taking me. And interestingly, where my own whatever it is couldn't take me. Somebody else has held my hand and taken me there. It is interesting. And it is even prophetic that I'm standing here talking to you. Because if there's anybody who is not qualified to stand here, I'm the one. If there's one person you must select to just rule out, I'm the one. But it, it is interesting. How just stretching your hand for someone to lead you can really bless you. Can really change your life. I know you did first degree. I know you've got a, a bachelor's degree. What about degree? Spinster's degree. Bachelor's degree. Anything you have got. But don't let it confuse you. It, it, it does not mean that you are capable of guiding yourself. Jeremiah 23, 10 says, The way of a man is not in himself. The way of a man. There is a, everybody has a way. And that way is not in you. Can't you see how you are messing up? Is it difficult still to see how you are messing up your life? The way of a man, verse 10, is not in himself. And he goes on and says that it is not in a man that walketh to direct his own ways. And how many of of us are just directing our own ways? You just get up, you just move. And you see, sometimes we just take our decisions, we decide, and then we come to the pastor to stamp our nonsense for us. You go and collect some foolish man, you want to marry him, and you bring him to the pastor and say, this is the best. Of course, of course. If, if I were the pastor, I would, I would say, wait for me. 
I'll go and bring my uh, cassock and, and marry you right there. Because I can see that you have an appetite for idiots. Hello? 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 There is a way, and that way is not in you. That's why this camp is, has, been, has, been, has been convened for you to, 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 to understand that allow someone to lead you. I'm telling you that if this was an, an ordinary meeting, I mean, I would have had the three or four conversations. We would have talked about the weather or how we've not seen ourselves or what is happening. Three out of four. Regrets. And no mean regrets. I even told one that, I mean, this thing, if you, if you have given me even one tenth, by this time I'll have a pot belly by now. We wake up, we do what we want to do. And the Bible says that way is not in you. Please tell your friend that. Tell the person by you that. I know you've been to the university. But remember that your way is not in you. It is not in you. It is just not in you. Tell the person, you don't have it. Don't even start it. You don't have it. Tell the person, don't start it. You meet a guy in town, the guy buys you ice cream so he, he, he can be your wife, uh, he can be your husband. A real, a real Christian, you will bring the guy home to your pastor. And the pastor will say that, it's not good. But don't come and say, I'm, I'm introducing my beloved to you. It shows that you are immature. Sometimes, depending on who the pastor is and how much he loves you, he will say no. Even if you have stamped it, you say no. But many times, you say, okay, that's fine. When is, a, when is a wedding? What time is a wedding? Let me check my schedule. Oh, I'll be, I'll be there. I'll come. I'll come. Hallelujah. Be a changed Christian now. Amen. Be a trusting Christian now. I mean, and the examples Bishop was giving about Pastor David and Colin, Pastor Louisa, Pastor Reverend John, if you look at them, do they look destroyed? Do they look destroyed? Reverend David, please stand up. See how destroyed he is. He's destroyed. His life has ended. He's now a useless fool. That's what has happened to him. No. And, and you to come and stand by him and compare yourself that you led yourself into that confusion and compare yourself. Even, even physically compare yourself.
So, so to be a missionary means to have an aim, to have an objective, to have a goal. And I'm qualifying it that that aim is not your aim because we cannot afford to add those old bogus aims to this one too. For once, let's have a change that for once you are being directed by a goal which is for once not your goal. This time, what I'm doing, I did not decide. Someone made me do it. Oh, but if you think it, um, it is also a, a sign of foolishness to do something that someone made you do, then you've also not, because you will always do something someone has made you do. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You remember those things? He made you do it, didn't he? Maneuvers your mother doesn't even know about. You, you know about maneuvers. Glory to God. Clap for Jesus. You are being changed. I am being changed. What I'm saying, I'm speaking to myself also. Yeah. And when I thought about it, when I analyzed everything, I had to kneel down and thank God. I said, mm, this is too something. I had to kneel down and thank God that God has really been good to me. Yeah. By just, by just giving me the mercy and the grace for me to stretch out my hand for someone to lead me. And it's happening to you. I said, it's happening to you. It also means to be assigned to a specific duty, which is what I'm talking about. That you are, you are being assigned to a specific duty. Somebody is assigning you that duty. Amen. Oh, I sense a change. It means something has been committed to your care. Amen? Yeah, to be on a mission means something has been committed to your care. Versus something that you went and took to care for. Hallelujah. And that difference can mean a world to someone. And I believe that God has blessed us with a church that people who are outside admire. You may not know. Their eyes are, are full of envy. They are green with jealousy. They can't believe that a church exists. Obviously, they don't even know what we do. Like this type of camps. You know. But we are very blessed. Very, very blessed. Amen. Amen. And one of the blessings is that we can be trusted to be giving people to care for. And believe God. If you hang around for a while, a month or two, and your pastor isn't giving you anybody, go to him and ask, Pastor, I want, I want, send me, assign me. I can't just be in the church like that. Assign me to something. Send me somewhere. Your friends may laugh at you. But you will have the last laugh. So you will have the last laugh. Amen. Hallelujah. It also means to be asked to execute an operation that is assigned by a higher headquarters. A higher headquarters. Amen. Which, 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 which confers a responsibility on you. 
to know even how to relate with superiors. Yeah. Because there's a type of evil spirit that also enters people that makes them not, not see superiors as superiors, but see them as elder brothers or uh, this type of jargons they borrow from the Bible to bamboozle the unlearned. Amen. Reverend Joel is not your elder brother. <laughs> is it entering your spirit? Yeah. He may laugh with you. He may talk to you, call you, share with you. You may even be his junior in school, but he is not your, uh, uh, an, an elder brother. He is a father to you. And how you see a person determines how far you can go with a person. Yes. How you see a person determines how far you can go with a person. Can you imagine? I don't even want to say it with my mouth. Is it, is it mouth or mouth? Mouth? Okay. Sorry, I, 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 I pronounce the words differently. Educational level is the problem. How you see someone will guide you or misguide you. And I know exactly what I'm talking about. When I single out Reverend Joel, I'm saying it. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm saying that Reverend Joel is not your big brother. He's not a senior brother. He's not an elder brother. He is here as your, your what? Your what? Father. Don't let your high fever lower you, him in your eyes. Of course. I mean, someone like he can bring himself down and relate. But it shouldn't confuse you. It shouldn't confuse you. That's why Mike Maddox says that a father, a real father, should not lie on the floor and play with his children for more than 15 minutes. You confuse them. You play with them. 15 minutes, you stop. After 15 minutes, if you continue, you confuse your children. If you are a real father, you can roll, you can jump, you can do everything. But 15 minutes, you have to stop. Because the children can be confused and see a father as an elder brother. <laughs> oh, are we being blessed? This camp, eh, that's why the devil is trying to spoil it. But this... This is the best camp I have ever attended. And it's your best camp yet. And believe God that you will not be the one the devil will use. Amen. Are we being blessed? You want to rise to your feet? You want to shout? You want to clap your hands? Let's receive our daddy, Bishop, to bless us.